0: Hello and welcome to Downs Your Way, the Rebecca Downs podcast. I'm Colin Speller and this is episode 8. We've had quite a lot of interest in what goes on backstage at a gig and a specific request from our listener, let's call him Kay from Down South, to cover this in an episode. This is actually quite difficult to do really because backstage can be very much like flying a commercial airliner. Hours of boredom punctuated by moments of pure terror or excitement at the very least. And to the extent that there are stories and believe me, we have some stories, it is difficult to broadcast some of these on the grounds of, well, libel laws and all that. So what we thought we would do is take you through the highs and lows of a gig, in this case our support to the crazy world of Arthur Brown at Nell's Jazz and Blues in London on Saturday the 25th of January 2020. I'm going to try some live commentary in the build-up and as the day itself unfolds, then we will get Rebecca's reflections as we chat through how it all went. Where does it all begin? This gig was agreed via our agent several months ago, and in terms of organisation, the next step was to get the advancing details from the venue, which set out times of arrival, sound check, stage, set length, and other details. Once I have that, I can work out travel times and agree rendezvous times and points for the band. We travel as six people, five band members and me, in our six seat splitter van which just about accommodates everybody and all the gear we need. As we lead up to the gig, the next step is to lay in supplies. As a support, or when we are promoting our own gigs, we don't get a rider, so we always take our own stuff. We have a refrigerated cool box for beers and soft drinks, We take some sweet and savoury snacks for the van and the dressing room and we take a box containing tea, coffee, a kettle, cups, plates, cutlery and everything we need if we have a takeaway meal in the dressing room. All very boring stuff but the first step is to make sure this is all stocked. A band marches on its stomach so we need to make sure that it's well supplied. The next bit of prep for me is the merch preparation. Basically checking the stocks and making sure the signage is all up to date. After that it's off to the store to load up the gear. Headlights.
1: This truck has lasted
0: So I've just arrived at our extensive warehouse facility in the south of Birmingham City Centre, aka the local lock-up store task here is to top up various items of merchandise, pack Rebecca's gear, amplifier, pedals, mic stand, boxer kit, etc. And to basically check the van over. So fluids, tyres and give it a hoover out. So I'll be here about 45 minutes or so and then head back to base for more prep.
1: We're down in the church of the boy. Why
0: I'm now back at base and I think day before the gig everything is just about sorted uh, merch stocks have topped up uh, everything's sort of boxed up and ready to go so it's just a case of loading the van on the morning of the gig
1: oh, you line, Cause they got you in frame.
0: so we're underway we've got the merchandise on board we've got Rebecca's stuff on board we've got the lady herself on board and this is stage one of the journey when we go over to Steve to pick up Steve, uh, Ab and Nigel and indulge in the Tetris that is the fitting of all of the gear into the van not quite all of it because today's model is merch in first Vince's bass gear in last, that is variant one of the day
1: Variant one ladies and gentlemen, variant one And off we go
0: And we've just arrived at Steve's, let the Tetris commence Hold that's fine So the van's loaded with everything but Vince's gear and we're on our way to pick up Vince with five of us in the van. Rebecca making most of the noise as usual. So next stop, a rendezvous just off the M40 where we will have the last final stage of Tetris which is fitting Vince's base gear in the back of an already pretty full van. Update to follow.
1: So
0: and we're back on the M40 again with Vince's gear in the back and Vince in the back. Say hello, Vince. Hello, Vince. Hello, Vince. Thank you for that. So next stop is the services, and we're checking again then. Beacons Beacons real. Real. Beacons. And twisted when you walk there. So here we are at beaconsfield services where we've stopped for a quick snack break voted by the rebecca downs band as motorway services of the year for the last five years and on the basis of this trip well on its way to earning the 2020 title now we're back on the road in a minute for the final run into the venue So a few adventures since the last update, Uh, arrived at the venue and finally got in, was welcomed, told where to load in, unfortunately the only place to park was in a bus lane, so after a lot of manoeuvring we had to park the van opposite, run the gear, cross the road up a flight of stairs. Fortunately, the headline band were very welcoming and said no need to bring in your drums, you can use ours. So that helps. So we got the van unloaded. Yours truly is now walking back to the venue, having had to drive probably five minutes away to find a parking space leave the van only two hours parking so i'll have to be back in a couple of hours to pick it up and shift it hopefully closer to the venue for the end of the evening um, all pretty standard stuff for a city center gig i have to say um, just goes with the territory you got my number, but now- So we're now in the venue, the band are chilling out while the uh, Arthur Brown band sets up. Uh, I'm just setting up the merch table and we are looking forward to uh, the rest of the evening. be a little while setting up the merch because uh, it's always a bit of a game. This one I've got three round tables strung together, um, which makes a very interesting shape on which to display things, but it's in a good place, top of the stairs just as people come in and that's excellent. Bye. After setting up the merch table, my job is to get all of Rebecca's gear out of the various boxes, so guitar, guitar stand, leads, in-ear mics, in-ear mic transmitter, uh, amplifier, amplifier cord, so I've done all that, oh and her own mic on her own mic stand, so I've done all that, that's all set up, so as soon as we get to go ahead to go on stage, she can just pick it all up and carry it on, or if needs be I can do it.
1: You
0: It's quarter past six. The Arthur Brown sound check is hopefully coming to an end, but I've had to leave the venue to shift the van from one parking zone to the other. I've now found a place just around the corner from the venue. It's parked up here, and the paid parking will take us through to the end of uh, payable parking at. eight o'clock and they'll be here for the rest of the evening and quite handy for when we need to get out so i'm going to go back in in a minute and uh, hopefully we'll be loading onto the stage and the sound check will begin it's always a bit tight when you're a support band as to how much time you're going to get i think doors are at seven so uh, we need to get a wiggle on really if we're going to get a decent sound check in but uh, fingers crossed So I'm back in the venue and there's a hive of activity as stuff's being taken up onto the stage and hopefully we'll get set up fairly soon and the sound check can begin. just a little bit about the venue for those who don't know it it's actually quite wide not very deep there's a bar at the back stage at the front obviously there's a small sort of mosh pit slash dance area in front of the stage and then there's a rail around and a raised area leading out towards the bar so it'll be packed wide if not deep tonight Um, To the right at the back is a sort of sitting area and just off that is one of the smaller dressing rooms not the smallest but one of the smaller dressing rooms which uh, thanks to the generosity of the lead band we're able to share with them and in there you'll find a fridge a kettle Um, we bring our own box of tricks as i've said so that's sitting on the floor and plugged into the mains and um, somewhere before the rebecca goes on we're all gonna have to squeeze in there to keep out of the way hopefully get some food in as well, that's another little task. If you wanted a skill set for the modern day musician that goes beyond musicality or business acumen or social media, it would be waiting. The ability to wait, there's a lot of waiting, as you probably noticed. We left Birmingham originally around noon, it is now half past six, uh, so there's been a lot of sitting in vans, a lot of sitting around the venue, and only now in the background can you hear the strains of Steve's guitar starting up as he prepares to sound check. So waiting and patience, two important virtues if you're going to do this for a living. a little bit about the merch table of the crazy world of arthur brown if crazy is their usp stock in trade blackpool through their stick of rock then the merch table lives up to that it is absolutely superb i think rebecca has or will put photographs of it on facebook Um, it is yes unique i would say and very very good So we're just sat in the area outside the very small dressing room which is currently occupied by Arthur Brown and his assistants and we are just digesting the sound check which was uh, t- terse to say the least not untypically no fault of anybody like the venue or the headline band we got on with about half an hour to go as i said earlier that became 20 minutes which became 15 which became 10 and it's really quite difficult to properly sound check a five piece band in that time so best job possible was done that could be done in the time available and they came off and we're now sitting here chilling it's 20 to 8 and they're on in 20 minutes so let's start worrying about uh, costumes and uh, stage gear etc etc in the next few minutes and then they'll be on So the venue's filling up very nicely people sat around us drinking looking forward to it
1: I've
0: come out the venue just to record this because they're on stage and the Downs is in full flow they went on on the dot of eight o'clock for a 45 minute set Uh, my main task throughout the time is to sort of stand there and wring my hands and also to keep an eye on the sound and if necessary have a word with the sound engineer uh, that's usually a story in its own right but at the moment it's all sounding good so I'm going to go back in and look forward to listening to the rest of the set <laughs> I'm back in the van outside the venue, Uh, gig went superbly, excellent reception, Uh, everybody seemed to have a great time, load off was interesting and exciting, Um, always a problem with uh, small stages and relatively small venues, we can get the gear off the stage in probably about five or six minutes, but You need a good landing area really because you're just basically lifting the stuff off putting it on the ground and you then need to break it down put it away in the various cases and things problem really was that the landing area was stage left and the exit was stage right fortunately thanks to the wonderful audience who sort of parted at the front of the stage to let us off there we were able to get it off we we're able to get it away into the boxes to some extent anyway before um, the crazy world of Arthur Brown went on and then we um, we just had to wait to the end of the evening to uh, pack it up properly and bring it out sure. I'm going to be honest and say that the capacity for live blogging went out of the window towards the end of the evening because it was either too noisy or I was too busy, so this is being recorded post hoc. As usual, we did most of the merch business during changeover and hats off to Rebecca for operating the shop on her own while I helped clear the stage. It's always better to have two people at the shop, but the main priority is to get the gear off stage and where it is obvious that the band are going to struggle, I have to help. After clearing the stage and putting the gear away, it was time for the usual post-mortem. Then we watched some of the Arthur Brown set before clearing up the dressing room ready for the off. We did a bit of merch business at the very end, but as soon as the crowds thinned, I packed up the shop and went to collect the van. Fortunately, the bus lane was not in operation, so I was able to park right outside the exit. The guys brought the stuff down and I packed the load area. We finally got away about 11.30pm after the all-important idiot check, made pretty good time back with, unusually, no road closures or diversions. After a quick stop at Oxford services we dropped Vince off at about 1.20, got to Steve's about 1.50 and I was in the door in Birmingham city centre about 2.20. I was in bed 10 minutes later and asleep not long after that. The aftermath of a gig involves stock taking, counting the merch money and accounting for everything spent and received. That usually takes an hour or so. Finally, I have to go back to the store with the stuff that we keep there. So that was a 15-hour day, with at least two hours' work either side of it. Great fun as ever, but the $1,000 question is, was it worth it? That's something I will pick up in discussion with Rebecca in a moment. And what about our friend Kay and his desire for some dressing room stories? Not much for you there, I'm afraid, for all the reasons I set out at the start. But I hope you have enjoyed an insight into just what's involved in doing a one-off gig at some distance from where we live okay so i'm now with rebecca hello and i'm going to ask the thousand dollar question how was it for you darling
1: it, oh, it's it is a thousand dollar question because it can be answered on many, many levels. Okay, from a musician's point of view, it's always great to do a gig, you know, and get on stage and the on stage bit is the easiest thing in the world, you know. Um it's everything that surrounds it, which I think is is, is what you're kind of asking. The on stage bit was absolutely freaking awesome. I mean, you know, the place was jumping people were with us from the first song everyone was going crazy we seemed to win over a large proportion of the audience so from that aspect absolutely bloody amazing getting to that <laughs> is another story as you know as you've told in the podcast it's and obviously for me being the front of the band and the name of the band I feel a uh, very much a responsibility to my band to make sure that gigs go smooth, and you know the trouble is I have no control over that when it's a support, literally none so it is you know um we had a very very fraught sound check, you know, which was nobody's fault. it was just that the the band had had problems, which is always one of those things, but then you know you've got perhaps not the most, you know, (laughs) the greatest mindset before you get ready to go on stage. And the day, you know, because of that was very, very fraught. Um, Again, you know, you'd love, you know, the the on stage was amazing. But it is very, very difficult.
0: I think it's probably worth just explaining to people because I'm sure most people know this, but you know, just what's involved with a sound check. Because I, I think you know, obviously we take everything onto the stage, we set it all up, and the sound crew fit microphones as and where appropriate. So that's basically to the drums, uh to the guitar amplifiers, you've obviously got the vocal mics, you've got the bass rigged through in a certain way, you've got the keys rigged through in a certain way. So the first stage of a sound check is really to check the levels of all of those separate, you know, mic'd up things. And in our case, in addition to the various instruments we've got a drum pad as well. So there's what two keyboards, set of drums, bass guitar, two two uh, lead, lead guitar, rhythm guitar, two vocal mics. And the, and the levels of all those have to be set individually and then collectively if you like so the sound guy's got to look at how each one sounds one by one and then how will they sound as you start putting them together the second element of it and possibly the most difficult is then to set the on-stage monitoring yeah because i don't know whether any of you have ever stood up in front of a microphone with a full electric band behind you but i have uh, in certain unfortunate circumstances had that experience Uh, i won't go into why um and I can tell you, you, you cannot hear anything. You cannot hear... Well, you can hear the band, but you can't hear your own voice. So that has to be fed back to you, doesn't it? Yeah. it and in in Rebecca's case, that vol- involves in-ear monitoring, uh, ditto for uh, Ab on the drums, but for the others, it involves having a loudspeaker, effectively a, what they call a wedge on the stage, which is, is playing back to them some sort of mix of the music that they're playing. And... Each individual's ideal mix will be different. Yeah. So the sound engineer basically has to go through each piece of monitoring, whether that's a wedge or the in-ear monitors, and set the levels of the, you know, seven or eight sources of sound at at the required levels in each of those things. So a full sound check, cold, start, done properly, could take, what? at least half an hour yeah, sometimes you'd, longer.
1: You'd, you'd ideally want an hour
0: yeah you'd ideally want from
1: setup to end but you very rarely get that with the support in fact you just really wouldn't get it with the support so you've got it so you're already tense because you know that no matter what this is going to be you know running pretty pretty to the hilt. also the thing with in-air monitors is for us singers you know it's very important to have good monitoring The thing with in-ear monitoring is I'm only going to hear what the sound guy feeds me. So if he doesn't put any drums through or he doesn't put any guitar through or, you know, keys, I just won't hear them. So I need basically a front of house sound with my voice way above it so I can control my delivery to the microphone and also my guitar above it. Now, on many occasions, I've not had, you know, Steve's guitar. I don't have Steve's voice, even though you know it's been set in a sound check for some reason, and we all laugh about it. Sorry, as musicians, that you know the sound check goes okay, and then you come to play, and nothing sounds the same, monitoring wise, for some reason that none of us could understand. Um, and then, so yeah, a lot of the time I've played a gig, not being able to hear my own guitar. So I'm just relying on the fact that I know where my fingers have got to go. Um, Not being able to, you know, either any instrument, you know, or anything. And if you're in a support situation, sometimes, you know, you can ask the sound guy over the mic to try and correct this. But you don't want to spend too much time doing that because you've only got like half an hour and... People have stood there in front of you, and these aren't generally your crowd. They're, you know, new people who are seeing you, so they're not going to be very impressed if all you do is stand there and go, oh, mate, can I have a bit more of my vocal in my ears? You know, so you're under you're under a real pressure, and a lot of the time if you see me take one of my ears out, it's because I need to hear what's going on on stage because my ears are failing me, so I'm trying to basically get a double whammy. So I'm a lot of the time I would say... 90 percent of the time I'm not hearing what I need to hear but I'm delivering you a gig when it's a support.
0: Yeah so I was at a uh, music managers forum meeting one night and a guy there was asking me what I did and I told him about the the act and the size of the act and what going to a gig involved You know, like a potted version of what we've just been through and I could see his wincing and sucking his teeth <laughs> so I said to him well what do you what do you do? And he said, I manage DJ producers. <laughs> and I said, Well, what what do they go out with? And he said, A data stick.
1: <laughs> if only. <laughs>
0: if only. So presumably they have to sound check check as well. Um, other thoughts. I mean, what did you make of Arthur Brown? That was interesting. I actually
1: thought he was he was a lovely guy. Like all of his band are absolutely lovely, beautiful people. That is a rarity, so I'm gonna cling on to that. He was absolutely adorable. um on stage, you know what? I think they do really well in in theaters because the setup uh with the visual aspect as well could be seen better by the audience. um so I think it did really well in theaters. I actually thought the show was great because but it's it's something completely different. It's not watching a band, it's watching a show.
0: Yes, uh, I think you, you look at the costume changes they do, and the they need somewhere on and off stage, mm, don't they, to they get do. to get on and off. And as I've described already, it was a pretty tight fit w- without having to add that dimension mm. into it. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I I thought it was amazing. Really, it mm. was. Uh, I'd not seen it before, and I mean, the guy's just incredible. I mean, given he's, his age, you know, a real yeah. advert for. Uh, people continuing to perform you know well basically till they drop really because he was but he was absolutely astonishing and as you say a re- really really nice group of people okay so well i don't know any any other observations you want to make on the on the day i mean i think we've covered all of this i think oh the
1: only the only thing i would like to sort of make clear is my stress levels mm. at a gig like that um going so far and because of rightly or wrongly the responsibility that i carry towards the guys in the band and making sure they're okay and they're having a good time and everybody's okay yeah, you know, this my stress levels are i can't even tell you through the absolute roof <laughs> maybe i should just be a diva and just think to hell with it but i just can't you know i love these people Remember this band, you know, I know people are paid, but then, you know, when you think of the actual hours involved, no matter, you know, payment isn't really a part of it. They must enjoy it, you know, else they wouldn't do it. Um, But it is a whole day experience. That tiny, tiny part of it on the stage is a minuscule element of what consists of the day. So yeah it's a very stressful experience for me, and it's always great when the on stage goes well, regardless of my ear sound or whatever i just i've just come to the point where you just have to put up with that and get on with it um but yeah it's highly highly stressful <laughs> that's all I can say
0: It's interesting that a lot of the minor t v stations carry these um what do they call them you know real life documentary things where they follow people doing. Sometimes a bit quirky, but mostly sort of everyday jobs, you know, driving lorries. Mm. And they always do it with a kind of sense of, of, of Doom. do Yeah, or drama, don't they? Trying to have drama. You know, will he get to his destination before the boat leaves? And I thought, well, we could have done this whole podcast like that, couldn't yeah. we? And to be honest, you know, you wouldn't have to go perhaps as far as they do in some of those programs no, to, to add the to add the sense of drama, particularly around the getting on the stage, getting off the stage, the sound check. That that in that in particular, uh, you know, there's pl- there's plenty of uh, drama there quite naturally, really. Mm. So, well, anyway, at least we can look forward to the fact that the next three gigs we're doing after this are all headline gigs. Uh, we're going to the forum at Darlington, uh, the Edinburgh Blues Club and the Icebox in Glasgow, and so we will...
1: We will see you there. We will
0: see you there, and we will be less stressed.
1: We will be less stressed, and and yes,
0: yeah, thank the Lord. <laughs> thank the Lord. So, okay, thank you very much for listening. Uh, once again, as ever, there's a discount code on the merchandise the code is nice and simple this week. It is GIG, that's in capitals G I G, which you need to put in at the appropriate point in the checkout process, and that will give you a ten percent discount on everything you buy. Does my
1: dad know about that? Uh, no. Because
0: you know what
1: he's like about giving people discounts. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. If, you, if any of you have met my dad, you'll know that you'll know what. No, I, tell You're I giving him a discount. Yes, yes. Dad. <laughs> Get, oh, sit down. Anyway, please. yeah. Sorry, Colin.
0: Please do continue. <laughs> no, I don't think. Uh, I, I, he does. He does listen to this actually. He
1: does. Hello, he, Dad. Yes, he's Hello, got, Mom.
0: He's got YouTube on his telly. So, uh, hi, John. Hope, hope you're doing well. Um, and yes, I, I apologise for offering the discount, but we like to we like to reward our faithful listeners. So, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time with another one of these, as ever. If you've got any feedback or any suggestions, please send them through and we will do our best to incorporate them in future episodes. But for the meantime, it's goodbye from me and...
1: It's goodbye from him.
0: Good night. Good night.